Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History puddle. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries Podcast, brought to you by Bet Online and Blue Chew. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we're on week, I don't know what, of quarantine. How are you? Weeks don't matter. Days don't matter. It's all the same. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're in May, so we've gone through another month, so that's that's good. It's positive. Um there's been some, I feel like a little bit of positive uh, juju and momentum towards sports. So MLB is hoping to do a July 4th launch, which would be awesome. Uh, UFC is starting next weekend. Uh, NASCAR is starting in two weeks. We have golf, hopefully mid-June. Tiger, Phil, uh, Brady and Manning. I, I, I'm starting to get a little more optimistic. I hope we get something. I mean, these guys are the top class of like athletes and just like physical people in physical shape in the world. Like 
if like someone gets it, you'd think they'd be fine, but I don't know. I hope we get something. I'm I'm losing hope on everything. Okay. Well, we'll try and raise your spirits here. Uh, yeah. I mean, I listened to uh, Simmons' podcast. He's talking about the NFL season. The thing is, I think college football is is really in tough shape um, with all the all the uncertainties there. Um, but one of the things he spoke about with Peter Schrager would be a potential you'd spread out the NFL season over like Saturday and Sundays in terms of the games, which and obviously Monday night. That kind of that sounds incredible to me. I would I would take that. Yeah, that would be great. Like the NFL, there's no way they can't have the NFL season. The NFL is too big. You know, it's it's unfortunate to say, but I think the NFL doesn't really care. Like they'll have the season regardless of, you know, maybe the backlash they get. So I think we'll have some NFL season. I hope we have college like Indiana is actually shaping up to have a very good team this year. So it would be pretty uh, It'd be on par, on par yeah. with them not to have the season when they like honestly probably have their best team ever. Um, so that, that would be great. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we'll get NFL. It's just, I don't know. Twitter, Twitter's a tough place to be on these days. Yeah. Twitter's tough. LeBron came out, he tweeted saying, uh, him and his teammates, they're, they're ready to get back. They want to finish the season. Uh, LeBron, he's got a little bit of pull. So maybe, maybe there's something there. Uh, but the Alex Smith, uh, E60 Tyler, I want to talk real briefly about that one, uh, as two Alex Smith stands, maybe the only, I thought we were the only ones out there, but, uh, Twitter on Friday night after it released. Uh, so if anyone hasn't watched it, Stefania Bell of ESPN, they basically, uh, put this one hour, uh, doc together, basically profiling him and his family after he had the compound fracture in what was 2018. So at this point, it's like a year and a half ago. Uh, and almost loses his life and then his leg, and now he's on the comeback trail. But Twitter was really fully in support of Alex Smith, people saying he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks of the past decade. So it, it did feel nice to like kind of find our family there on Twitter. It's probably because we follow other 49ers beer reporters. But there were some images in this that I'm not, uh, not really a queasy person, uh, I ate some chicken parm before I watched it, and there are certain points where I was like, oh, my God, I, I thought I was going to lose it. Yeah, some of, I mean, the initial shot of the doc is, like, of his leg, kind of, like, after all, like, the really bad stuff happens, which is yeah. gross. But which it, is, that, it's that was, like, G-rated. Thing. That was, like, yeah. G-rated. Yeah, and then once he got the infection, it was just, like, absolutely disgusting. It's incredible. <laughs> that he's like trying to come back and actually play i don't know if that's possible but the fact he's gotten to that point after such a brutal injury you know what was crazy is he like broke his like fibula and i think one other bone they said and then after like two days he was fine and he like wanted to leave and then he got that infection that like put put his life into jeopardy so it's a crazy story is really well done like the part about him going down to san antonio to the military like hospital they have there like that was really cool and obviously something we didn't know so that was awesome and you know like you said we're probably the two biggest alex smith fans there are yeah so if he's listening we'd love to interview him um it 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 just was crazy and the infection they said was caused by dead skin um which is is crazy that it could uh kind of escalate as quickly as it did there um 
but really, really good story. And I loved, it was just nice having the band back together a little bit. Some Alex Smith highlights, uh, talking about how bad his rookie season was, uh, one touchdown, 11 interceptions, the chaos he went through at the beginning, uh, getting Harbaugh back saying he's as tough as a $2 steak. Um, and then obviously they show Kaepernick coming into the mix. And really, I, I put this onto Twitter, but he had a terrible run of his entire career. It's kind of been like, wow, Alex Smith taking the next step, taking the next step, and then consistently like just getting shot down. Like I, I did not remember that the Redskins were in first place in the NFC East when he got hurt. Yeah, I mean, he 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 had such a bad start to his career, and it didn't help the fact that. Rodgers sat behind Favre, comes in, they win a Super Bowl in like his third season, got them to the playoffs in his second. So that was, you know, the comparison basically. And everyone was writing him off as a bust when, if you were paying attention to those 49er teams, they were horrible. The players were mm-hmm. all pretty terrible. The coaching staffs were terrible. They went through so much dysfunction, so much turnover year after year. No one would have really succeeded in that. In, in that situation they finally got some stability with harbaugh he starts to thrive he gets a concussion kaepernick comes in takes a job from there he goes to the chiefs is playing well they draft mahomes like yeah. i mean and and they lost that terrible game to andrew luck and the colts in the playoffs you remember that when they're up by like 28 points or something or 35 points yeah he played great in that game but i mean it's not all bad luck in the sense that like yeah he got hurt as the 49ers quarterback and that was bad luck but like Kaepernick came in and takes that offense to another level. Mahomes comes in, that team wins a Super Bowl. Like there, there are limitations mm-hmm. when Alex Smith is your quarterback, but he he's proven when he has some, you know, normalcy around him, he could be really good. And since Harbaugh came in up until his injury, I mean, he ha- he's one of the most winning quarterbacks in the NFL. So. It, it was a great story, and I think you know a lot of people were learning a lot. You know, they didn't know about him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so a great watch. If you're queasy, close your eyes for a few of the hospital shots. But besides that, definitely, definitely. Episodes five and six tonight of the MJ Doc. Very much looking forward to that. Uh, Kobe's going to be in it, uh, which will be, I think, weird for everyone to watch at this point, given that obviously he, they, rec- they, re- they recorded this stuff before. What were you going to say? Is he actually interviewed in it, or are there just clips yeah. of him? Because really, okay. I believe he's I believe he's interviewed in it because in the first trailer they dropped, and they're just showing like all the people sitting down getting ready for the interview. They show him, so I think he's going to be interviewed in this. Um, okay. And and did you did you know I I read this in the past week or two they followed around that crap Lakers team his last season like a similar kind of thing um, and Kobe saw the footage back in January and gave some feedback so at some point I guess there's a chance we get a documentary on that I think it was a 17 win Laker team uh, so we could get a little more insight into Swaggy P uh, D'Angelo Russell Julius Randle and all the all the superstars from that one yeah that that all sounds great I think it's hard because I mean I've, I've been seeing a lot of people say this like oh what team or you know who would you like to be seen fall around next I don't think you can do a team from like the last 10 years or like 15 years and it would have the same effect as this MJ you know doc is doing because there's no social media around then you didn't really have a lot of access to the team or know what was going on unless you watched 
like ESPN, I guess, would have it, or like you read the papers daily. Like now, like with social media, we have so much access and behind the scenes coverage of it. Like you basically know what you you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's given no sports, everything is amplifying this MJ doc, but I definitely agree with that. There's no social media. There's like an element of almost less uh, social awareness about the camera in the sense that they, the team, they didn't like have, they weren't going live with Instagram live every night or doing tweeting out things. I think no social media is a huge game changer. Um, if, if, Dennis yeah. Rod, if Dennis Rodman in 2020 was going to Vegas in the middle of the season on the defending champs, like people would know about that. There'd be a picture of him in the casino like an hour after. You know what yeah. I mean? Like or, there, there's or no privacy. M- M- no, no. MJ going to AC, uh, I think it was during either the playoffs or the finals, like the night before a game. Like things like that. Uh, golfing, playing 36 holes of golf. Like if if that all happened in today's world, it's just it's so different. Like you just can't compare. Um, it's not apples to apples at all. But uh, we we were lucky enough to have on another great guest this week. We had on Rob Cressy. He's the founder of Bacon Sports. He does a ton of stuff in the sports and marketing world. Really cool background. Um, entrepreneur. Super energetic guy. So enjoy the interview with Rob, and we'll we, we will be back next week. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, sells hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live, daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open, 24 hours a day, and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Better online, your online wagering solution. All right, and Tyler and I are very excited to welcome on Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. Rob, welcome to Full Slate. How are you doing tonight? I am doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you for having me on. Cool. Happy to have you. So Rob is out of Chicago with Tyler. Um, they don't work together. They're not quarantining together. But Rob, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with Bacon Sports. So for me, it's actually quite simple. Uh, my dream has always been to work in sports and be creative. Uh, for as long as I can remember, I've loved sports. I'm from Pittsburgh originally. I've lived in Chicago for the last 10 years. So I've seen an insane amount of championships between the Penguins and the Steelers and the Bulls and the Blackhawks and the Cubs. So I loved Michael Jordan. I loved Mario Lemieux. 
So I just loved sports. They only raise you one way in Pittsburgh. And when I graduated college with a degree in marketing, I thought I was going to work for like an ad agency and create awesome ideas. But unfortunately, that's not exactly how it went. It was a fast track to inside sales. Uh, I did sales for 10 years. I was great at it, didn't love it. And I said to myself, I'd regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't give it a shot at making my dreams happen. So seven years ago, I quit my job and went all in at Bacon Sports, which we've uh, evolved from a sports blog to a creative agency. Yeah, you have a ton of energy. So you run Bacon Sports, you host four podcasts. One, how do you balance all of that? And two, do you ever sleep? Uh, I do sleep because I schedule (laughs) sleep as if it's a meeting. It's a simple (laughs) life hack. So it's like... Like an outlook, yeah. Right. So a lot of people who are high achievers, they're like, oh, I'm just going to hustle and grind and I'm just going to sleep for two hours a night for years. And I'm like, that's stupid. So for me, it's like, I want to get, let's call it seven hours of sleep. So I, that means, all right, go to bed at 10 and wake up at five. Boom, done. So I'm scheduling seven hours just like that. Um, and in terms of how do I manage all of that, uh, very intentionally is the answer. So creating content around sports is what I love to do. So I don't see what I do as working. I see it as playing. So it's like, hey, if you got the opportunity to talk to awesome people about sports, marketing, entrepreneurship, betting, do you want to do that all the time? And I'm like, hell yeah, I do. And it doesn't mean I've got 20 podcasts a day. It's spread out one day, one day, one day, one day. So can you execute one podcast in one day? Yes. Rinse and repeat. Awesome. So I want to go a little back. You said you've been uh, cracking, cranking away here with Bacon Sports and running your own thing for the past seven years. What was like, say, the first three months like of being on your own and kind of the realization that, oh man, this is this is just my show. How was that? And kind of how did you over time become accustomed to being your own boss and running your own ship? So. I have worked from home for the last 13 years. So because of that, uh, for the first six, I already learned the skill set of being a sales guy. If I don't produce or do something, I don't make money. So literally within one day of working from home for the first time, I was like, oh, I get it. I can't be a piece of crap. So all of a sudden, I was like, cool. When I'm at home, I'm going to create structure so that I can produce as well as possible. So I already had that to my advantage. Uh, When I left my job to start Bacon Sports, uh, it was obviously the most exciting thing in the entire world, as you can imagine. And for me, there was zero fear and trepidation. None. It was the opposite. The bigger fear would be not taking the chance of making this happen. And I want to look back at the rest of my life and be like, man, if I had only only, uh, attempted to live my dreams of working in sports. Because when I looked at the landscape, the sports content out there was homogenous. It was copy paste, insert what's on Deadspin, Bleacher, ESPN. And I'm like, that's just aggregation. I can do way better than this. And it just kept seeing it and seeing it. And they said, follow your passion, follow your passion, follow your passion. Until I'm like, I can't, I can't stop thinking about this. I'm like, I'm as good or better than all of them. I've got to know if I belong. And from that moment, that's where the hustle was born. And in the first three months, the, big game changer for me was so I went from making multiple six figures to zero dollars pretty much overnight that's what happens when you quit your job you're like oh 
I'm going down to nothing. So you're starting at zero. And I was like, all right, I need to audit the success habits of the most successful people, the CEOs and the CMOs that I aspire to be like. And what are they doing? So I started reading and learning. And one of the things was, oh, the average CEO reads 60 books a year. And I was like, crap, I'm reading zero. That's what I should probably do. Learn how to read some books. So from that moment, uh, I've read 20 to 30 minutes every single day for seven years as the first thing that I do at five in the morning. Because how do you make sure that today is better than yesterday? Well, you learn something. Rob, I don't have time. When are you going to do this? When you sleep, you do four podcasts. All right. If something's important enough, you'll do it first. That way there's no excuse for why it's not going to get done. So because of that, I stacked learning first thing of my day. And guess what? I just started learning a ton of shit, like from the best people. So this just sort of built momentum on my own personal development. And I realized no matter what happened in business, that no one could ever take back from me what I learned in the personal development through books, podcasts, all the courses I took. Yeah, reading six, 60 books a year, that's definitely an uptick uh, in Cody and I's uh, personal reading habits. So that's something good to take away. I made a note of that. As you mentioned, you know, you went from a, a well-paying job, a lot of security to starting your own business, not making a lot of money. What was kind of like the biggest challenge for Bacon Sports and like, since I guess you started it to, to, to today, what's like been the best thing you guys have done? Like maybe something you were ahead of the trend on podcasting, digital media content. Like what, what do you think has really separated you guys? Oh, a ton. You mentioned separation. We are extremely forward thinking in how we approach content creation, marketing and fan engagement. And it's real simple. Why? Because, uh, when Bacon Sports evolved from a sports blog, so we were originally a sports publisher for three years, creating thousands of articles and videos and podcasts, and we learned how to build a community uh, on social media. So we were really good at speaking sports with sports fans. We're like a digital sports bar. The problem is the digital uh, publishing industry was going in the wrong direction in terms of monetization. As we've seen, it was hard as crap for websites to make money because everything was going from desktop to mobile. Mobile had fewer real estate, so you couldn't make as much money. And all publishers were built on was churning and burning page views. And I knew I didn't want to build it on that model. But here's the problem. What do you do if you're not on the model? That is the thing that you're doing. Like, oh, got to figure this out. So I didn't really have an answer to it. And it slowly evolved where... Uh, I was like, all right, well, who doesn't need to make money via banner ads with their content? And I was like, oh, I got it. Brands like someone who sells a widget, whatever it is, because they're selling widgets, not their content. The content supports the sale of their community and their widgets. I was like, boom, let's do this. And guess who our first client was? Bacon Sports. Because look at all we've done in building content and marketing. And I was like, it's crazy. How are brands marketing these days? And I was like, podcasts, videos, social media marketing, the exact thing that we've been doing for the last few years. So I'm like, boom, we're good at this. So now all of a sudden we're like, okay, who better to help you market to the sports fan demographic than the exact demographic that you want to market to? So we would work with brands who wanted to market to us. 
Do you think it would be easy to create marketing when you say, hey, guys, which of these do you think is cool? Would you like to do? You're like that one. Yeah, me too. Let's build that. Here's the campaign. So we literally took that mindset and it's been a hallmark of success for us because we used all the principles that we still use to build our brand for others. So whatever we're doing, when we're live streaming, when we're using Zoom plus webinars plus live streaming and all of that stuff, that's what I'm preaching from the mountaintops to virtually the entire world, including my client base and prospective client base. Hello, look at what we're doing. This stuff works. So podcasting is one. Uh, we've published over 600 episodes. Live streaming is going to be two. Uh, we do uh, a, a sports trivia on Tuesdays on Bacon Sports. I live stream twice a week on LinkedIn. Uh, so, and three, video. Because what does every social media platform love? Video. What gets the most organic reach? Video. What do people engage with the most? Video. What is everybody not doing as much? Video. So it's not hard just to go boot to do to do and put it all together. All right, cool. I don't, I don't even know where we go from there. I feel like Rob just gave us the playbook to become millionaires. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely did. Um, I mean, it's, it's not easy. I mean, I, I just put it in that, but that's really, that's how you need to think in order to do this. Yeah. Because doing this is not easy. Even if I just say do, 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 it's still now finding brands that say, oh, that makes sense. We want that. Because most of them, Back to your question about the challenge, most of them aren't forward-thinking like that. They don't think like a media publisher would. They think like a brand does. They're risk-averse. They're not usually pushing uh, community. They're not pushing content. So there's really, you have to find the brand to get it. Cool. In the in this sports marketing world, I'm curious to hear from you a brand that you think has done a really good job. Um in, in terms of building that sense of community, like you said, um, and, and maybe something notable you've seen during the corona, during quarantine that's caught your eye from the sports marketing world that you thought was creative and, and a bit outside the box? So the brands that I like are the ones that build community. So I admire what Barstool has done because they're so community-driven. They're so forward-thinking with content irregardless of what anybody thinks about what they do, they just do a great job of community. I look at companies like Chubbies, the short shorts people, where they've got a community of people. And if you think about it, all Chubbies sells is short shorts. And there's people who identify themselves as people who like Chubbies. So I love brands like that. And I'm, uh, Spike Ball is another great one. Uh, one, of our one of our clients is Papa Shot. Uh, the original arcade basketball machine. Mm -hmm. So there's a group of people who all own Papa Shots who are now balling left and right. So this thinking is what I love uh, in the landscape. And in terms of what I've noticed in terms of who's doing it well now in this quarantine, the answer is no one because I'm not paying attention to almost anything that the majority of the sports media landscape is putting out right now because it's crap. Because there is no sports on TV aside from NFL draft and some of the, uh, the MJ documentary and the limited stuff that we're getting. So the majority of content that's being created right now is repurposed and old stuff. I absolutely love that stuff. I'm a sports junkie, love random sports, but guess what? There's no like new spin on it. 
it's not like, oh, my God, did I see this? It's just recycled stuff instead of um, reinvigorated or reinvented stuff. You mentioned earlier about how important video is and content. One platform that's really taken off the last couple months and with everyone inside on their phones all the time is TikTok. How do you think brands could start leveraging that? Chipotle was one of the first companies on there using it. Apple recently had an account, ESPN. Do you see a lot of companies starting to flock there as that platform continues to grow? It all comes down to who's willing to put the time and resources and effort into doing it correctly. None of these things are particularly hard because if you break it down, you just have to create one video once and then you rinse and repeat it as many different times as you want. And that's what becomes a brand. The challenge becomes if one of these brands is on TikTok, are they going to create like a brand or are they going to give it to their interns and say, Hey, I want you guys to have fun with this. Or are you going to be a gigantic brand like Coke or Pepsi? And all of a sudden there's Ronaldo heading a ball over to J.J. Watt or something, you're just like, oh, all right. So there's different levels of quality there, but my suggestion would be have fun with the platform. I 100% think you need to dance. Uh, look at what Will Smith does. He's incredible on it. So there's a huge opportunity there. Uh, understand the demographic and understand the platform. If you've never been on it and you go on for the first time, you're going to be like, what in the world are these people doing? This is the dumbest thing. I've ever seen in my life like you'll scroll for like an hour and you're like wait a second what this makes no sense correct you have to understand the the community and the culture of it because it is super creative and at the same time it can be super simplistic and dumb it, it is very addicting you know like you said you get on and you start scrolling you know most people when they wake up, they read the newspaper. I'm on TikTok watching these videos, so probably not the same uh, mind stimulation, but it, 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 it does you know, keep you engaged. And you mentioned Will Smith, just like other celebrities you forget about are on it and growing brands. So I definitely see that as you know, a growing platform. Yeah, 100%. Go for it. Yeah, TikTok's <laughs> blowing up, but... Also, some other things going on in the sports landscape at this point. Esports is getting record numbers. These Twitch streams are just through the roof. Um, it, athletes playing uh, esports. There are simulations going on that people are betting on. All this different stuff. And it looks like it, we have an uncertain future in terms of when fans will be back in stadiums. So, Rob, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. And how do you. What, what's your prediction on how these sports teams and leagues and media companies are going to be able to tap into fan engagement when you take the fan out of the stadium and you put them on their couch? It should be an advantage. And I think the NFL draft learned some of it by going virtual because they were, and I actually wrote down what Roger Goodell said, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but they learned things that they wouldn't have otherwise learned because they were forced into the situation. So by, by using Zoom, what are some of the benefits? So all of a sudden, we liked being able to look inside the houses of the coaches, the general managers, and the players. And you see Cliff Kingsbury, who's balling. You're like, holy smokes. And then you see uh, the head coach of the Bengals, who looks like he's at a day's in or something. You're like, what in the world is going on here? So what it did is, once again, going back to our previous conversation, 
It gave people uh, a peek through digital technology and content in a way that we normally wouldn't get. In the NFL and some of these leagues are so buttoned up. It's like this. We love the NFL, but does the NFL really love us back? And it seemed like for the first time, they were a little vulnerable in a good way. It's like, oh, wait, you're human. And that's what we wanted to see is more humanity out of the NFL. So when looking at all the other brands or uh, sports leagues, the opportunity is for them to be more human and to engage with the fans outside of the stadiums and stuff, which, oh, by the way, they should be doing anyways. So this is going to force them to find unique ways to engage fans. And then guess what will happen when games do come back and when fans do get into the stadium? This becomes the value add. Now you're better because you're doing these things you weren't going to do otherwise. But now that you've done them and you've learned and you're like, hey, this thing over here is working. Boom. Let's keep doing more of that. So I think you're going to see a lot more digital communication, a lot more user generated content, a lot more fan engagement that feels relatable. It's a great point building that equity with people while, you know, in this uncertain time, build that equity. And then once we're able to go back, it only adds on to it. You mentioned the NFL was seen as human. I'm not sure Roger Goodell is human. He's still just the most awkward person, but a little more personality from other people. Um, So we're video chatting right now. I guess you're in your office or in your apartment behind you. You have all these uh, baseball cards. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how long that took to uh, set up? So behind me is baseball card wallpaper, and it's all my baseball, basketball, and football cards from when I was a kid. So as an 80s kid, uh, I loved collecting cards. So all of my cards traveled with me from Pittsburgh through college at Miami of Ohio through 10 years living in Chicago. And guess what? In two giant garbage bags, all of my cards. And as I was growing big, I started to do more on-camera hosting. And I was very aware of the background. And I would always watch ESPN and be like, man, that guy's background is crap. How does he not realize he looks like he's in a hotel? I was like, that's stupid. So I was like, well, I got these two bags of cards. What should I do with them? I was like, oh, I'll create baseball card wallpaper. Guess what? That doesn't exist. So I had to figure it out myself. So I went to Home Depot and got this wide painter's paper and some spray adhesive. And what I ended up doing was creating a grid. So I would spray one row at the top and one row down. So I created the grid like this. And I would put the cards in. So what you see behind me here, it's, I don't know how big my place is. Maybe this is nine feet wide um, in terms of the wall. And that's full of six sheets. So it's probably six feet tall by nine feet wide. And I just one row at a time would spray it and then put them all there and then just keep going down. And since I created the first vertical wall, boom, there it is. And then there's six sheets of this. And if you can imagine, this is transferred with me to like four different places as the baseball card wallpaper. And it is super flimsy. When I mean painter's paper, this is like slightly above notebook paper, (laughs) not much. So I then had to put lacquer on top of it to sort of glaze it over to try and stick them together even more. Uh, Well, I'm, I'm impressed. It's made it this far. Um, one of my quarantine projects, I've ordered some art. It's on my couch. I have not put it up yet, but Rob, I might, might have to video chat you and while I hang it up to get your, uh, get your design thoughts here. Um, but (laughs) so you're, you're a Steelers fan, right? Um, 
Okay, so want to get your thoughts on this weekend's NFL draft, the biggest event we had in April. Different sports books are reporting kind of crazy betting numbers, uh, handled numbers three, four, or five times last year's total. Makes sense, given it's only showing down. Um, one, what were your thoughts on the Steelers drafts and any kind of notable takeaways on your end uh, from what you saw from this past weekend? So as a Steelers fan, I have learned to trust the organization because who am I to argue with a team that has won so many Super Bowls? They clearly know what they're doing a lot more than me and the Yinzer fans do. But guess what? Yinzer's going to make some noise. So going into every draft, whatever they do, I'm going to trust them. So they didn't have a first-round pick because they wisely traded it to the Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick. If everybody remembers what was going on at the time, the Steelers were maybe one in three. It was a bad record, whatever it was. They traded their first round pick, which ended up being the 18th overall to Miami. And the Twitterverse and ESPN are like, oh my God, the Steelers are the stupidest people in the world. <laughs> Us included. Happened? Us included. Right. Think of <laughs> first team all pro safety on a rookie deal for three or four more years. He's significantly better than anything they would have gotten in the 18th pick. So that was their first round pick. Second round pick. Uh, they drafted a wide receiver out of Notre Dame, Claypool, big guy. And the Steelers, you could just replace that with any player, and it doesn't matter because they have a history of drafting really good wide receivers. It's one of the things that they do best. They just churn and burn really good guys. So whoever they're going to take, they're going to make better. And then after that, uh, the rest around there, you just hope to get players who can contribute and or who can level up. So anyone who's going to be like, oh, my God, the third through seventh round picks are the best, you might have more of them on a team, but it's a crapshoot at that point. So as a whole, uh, I'll give it an incomplete, but otherwise, because you can't really grade it now, but I'll give it an A-plus because of the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Yeah, the Steelers' track record with receivers definitely speaks for itself. The running back they got from Maryland in the fourth round, I believe, McFarlane, I think he could turn out to be a steal. Um, Have you seen the pictures of Big Ben during the quarantine, and are you concerned for him? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I see the pictures of Big Ben, and no, I am not concerned about him. Uh, I have a lot of faith in him. And quick uh, side note and story: I went to college at Miami of Ohio at the same time oh, as Ben wow. Roethlisberger. I had one class with him, um, appropriately named African Americans in Sports, which was actually a really hard class because the standard the teacher brought was kind of hard. But it was interesting, and there's a lot of football players in there, one of which was Ben Roethlisberger. Nice. Some action. Some action yeah. guy. Cool. Um, yeah, and so we had the NFL draft this weekend. In the past two weeks, we've had the last dance doc with MJ, which is also single-handedly kind of carrying us through at least the next three weeks, it looks like. I think we have a UFC fight mixed in in May, and I think we're going to get this tiger phil uh brady manning golf tournament hopefully memorial day weekend so that'll be something uh but want to get your thoughts you've lived in chicago for a number of years episodes three and four aired last night so we're recording on monday the 27th here uh so what are your thoughts on the rodman stories and even just the bad boy stuff so i love the michael jordan documentaries to frame this uh i am I do what I do because of Michael Jordan. 
Growing up in Pittsburgh, I loved basketball, didn't have a team, but my mom's side of the family is from Chicago, and we would come here from ho- for holidays. So as you can imagine, an 80s kid with no team and a tie to Chicago, I loved Michael Jordan. Then they win a crap ton of championships, and I'm playing basketball in my driveway with my tongue hanging out. I'm like, I'm freaking Michael Jordan. And throughout all of it, my love of sports was because I wanted to be like Mike. And if you look at the Bacon Sports logo, there's a 23 in the logo. Why is that? Because of Michael Jordan. So I love all things Michael Jordan because he was just the freaking best. Uh, so with that said, I was a little bit excited for this documentary. Number two, cannot stand the Detroit Pistons. They are my least favorite team of all time. Bill Lambeer is my most disliked player ever. Any time, Bill Lambeer just cannot stand him. Zero percent. Can't stand the Pistons. They make me want to puke. Um, yeah. yeah, people talk about, you know, rivalries today, the Warriors and the uh, Cavs the last few years when LeBron was there. But the hate Michael Jordan still has for Isaiah Thomas was so real when he sh- uh, the director shows him the clip of Isaiah talking about the walk off like that was recorded a year ago. Like, that's real. They still have those bad feelings. So you definitely don't have that in sports now. And what would you say you run your own business, Bacon Sports, if one of your employees called you tomorrow and said, well, I guess this is a bad example because everything shut down. But in normal circumstances, an employee of yours called you and said, I need to take a vacation. <laughs> I need to go to Vegas for 48 hours. Would, would you uh, be OK with that? Pull a Dennis Rodman type move? <laughs> yeah, 100 percent, because I'm someone who's about results and accountability. So for me that person isn't on a schedule that has to be made up by me. For me, it's what are the results and what are you getting done? So if you're going to Vegas, that's all good. But whatever it is that you're looking to accomplish, the standard is still the same. So it was a unique situation, but uh, I'm very much someone about self-accountability. So you can do whatever you want. I don't care. But you better be coming in and coming correct for whatever your deliverable is. So you would be okay showing up the day after in pajama pants, to be clear? So in terms of attire, remember, <laughs> everything you do is representative of your, of your brand. So I would like to think that the culture of my company, someone would not be asking for 48 hours in Vegas in a very important time. But I'm not opposed to that because I've been to Vegas a quadrillion times, so I know what that is like. Coming back and rocking pajamas, I'm not against pajamas, but uh, it's probably not where you're going to get your best performance. So if you're coming in looking like a piece of crap, uh, I would just say throw on jeans, hoodie, and a T-shirt and a backwards hat, and then you'll just look like me. <laughs> so like my bar is not very high. I'm just wearing. <laughs> t-shirt and a hat so just don't come in looking worse than that <laughs> yeah just be better than pajama pants right, uh, <laughs> low bar right here low bar mm-hmm. uh, so rob we're gonna hold you to this prediction right here but what's your guess on the first sport back and when so we'll go major sport because mm-hmm. what makes the most sense is golf you can do without people I think it'll go golf and then baseball and then basketball, hockey, and I believe football is going to go off 
as expected. And here's why. There's just too much money in all of this stuff. So we hear the loud noise of Twitter and the media and everything. But remember, these are also like the NFL is a bajillion dollar company with athletes making millions of dollars and owners making millions of dollars and media networks making millions of dollars off of advertisers who have money to spend. And you don't think everybody involved in that wants to make a lot more of that money? 100% they do. And we're on April 27th right now. The NFL's in like four months. So we don't know what's going to happen in four months. You can be all pompous right now and go, no, none of this is going to happen. We don't know about that stuff. That's dumb. So everyone's going to be smart, calculated. But guess what? I think they're going to want to push for normalcy because at some point, the getting the economy back, getting fans rooting and watching games back, like these are the emotional things that are a real thing for the overall health and well-being of all of us. Because it is a real thing. It's not just, oh, it's sports. No, this is like way bigger than just that. So I'm someone who's to believe it's going to be back sooner versus later for a million reasons. You can say the one reason, I get it, we want safety. But that has to be figured out no matter what. It's just going to be cautious and smart. So I think it'll be sooner versus later. I love the optimism, and I hope you're right. We need we need something going on. We need it, Rob. Cody, yeah. Cody and I are uh, both Lakers fans, and you know they were having a great year, and it all felt like it was leading towards Lakers-Clippers conference finals, and then hopefully the Lakers getting a title for the memory of Kobe. So we, we need something. Um, I'm personally starting to go a little insane. How do you think the, the watching aspect of games will be, though? Because whenever you mentioned baseball, which I agree with you, as far as the major sports goes, that'll probably be the first one back. Like, how do you think the watching view will be with no fans in the stadiums? And what can like networks do to maybe make it a better watching experience? I don't care if there's fans in the stands. I never, it's never like, oh my God, let's make sure there's fans in the stands so I can watch this game. No, it's like filling us. And guess what? We're already on two screens to begin with. So you're telling me just because I don't see the fans in between cutting the commercials that I don't watch, that I'm going to be like, oh my God, what's this crap product on? Zero <laughs> percent no, chance. We're not going to care. Like, we're, I'm ready to watch. Chinese baseball league right now because yeah, it's going yeah. on with no fans and robot fans. Like it's high scoring. Right. I'm in. Like that's that's a zero concern to me. Fans will be back. And really baseball is the biggest opportunity. If they can get back quick, because baseball is slow, boring, it's not uh, as progressive and forward thinking as these other sports. So right now baseball could be like, What's up? We back. Who wants to watch <laughs> baseball? And we're gonna be like me, 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 me. Just throw on some web gems and we'll call it a day. <laughs> it, it really is true. This could be baseball's big time to shine here. Uh, they got some pushback from the original plan they've released at this point, probably a couple weeks ago, um, that would basically put everyone in a bubble in Arizona. Uh, we're all on the same page here. Let's we need we need something back uh, as as soon as we can get it. But Rob, this this has been great. We appreciate you coming on. Where can our listeners uh, follow you on social media? All your podcasts. We want to let you uh, give all all your plugs here. Uh, you can follow me at Rob Cresty on all social media platforms. Uh, LinkedIn is where I do a ton of the business stuff. Twitter is where I do my sports stuff and Instagram is where I do a lot of the personal development and behind the scenes stuff, uh, on the bacon sports side, bacon uh, or on all social platforms, 
Uh, we do trivia nights on Tuesdays, which uh, I think people would like for Facebook Live to try and help get some engagement there. Um, other than that, I have the Sports Marketing Huddle podcast, which is sports marketing and entrepreneurship. I've got the Sharp 600 by Covers.com, which is sports betting, and the Game Day Playbook, which is sports technology and fan engagement. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.